All right, we are live. Ryan Kennedy and I, we are talking about the NHL draft. As we are talking right now, uh, and some of you guys might be listening to this later, as we talk right now, it is the seventh round, but this doesn't really change a lot in terms of the winners and losers in a draft, uh, unless you just kind of hit an absolute home run later on. So we're going to talk about the, I guess, the teams that did the best and the teams that did the worst. And to start, let's go with the teams that did the best Carolina Hurricanes it seems like every year it's just like this team just always hits it um, like perfectly in the draft yeah I've, I've really liked what they've done this year in particular um you know like Scott Morrow getting him in the second round I thought he had you know potential uh a first round spot just because you know he has such great tools he's got the size um, you know, then they get a one-two punch of Lexi Hamosalmi, a very nice defenseman, Billy Koivinen, uh, who can really score up front. They got one of my favorite goalies in Patrick Hammerla. Uh, they got one of my favorite sleepers in Jackson Blake, uh, who is, you know, going to play for the Chicago Steel next year, and he's committed to the University of North Dakota. They got Justin Robida in the fifth round. This is a player that we thought might go in the second. And then they got Bryce Montgomery in the sixth, who – you know, I, I wasn't sure where he would go, but there's a ton of potential in this kid. You know, he's a, he's with the London Knights, uh, 6'4", 215-pound defenseman, just scratching the surface. So, you know, they got different positions. Uh, they got a goalie. I feel you if, if you've got as many picks as Carolina did, you should always get, like, one goalie a year. And I, I just – I think they covered all the bases and, and got a lot of uh, a lot of good players. They also had the most time to make their picks because they decided they needed a break after every single pick they possibly could have done. So, uh, yeah, also, by the way, it actually is still the sixth round. I thought we had already gotten to the seventh round. Uh, the next team we're going to talk about here is the, the Dallas Stars, who actually just picked up a few minutes ago, Francesco Arcuri, who actually at one point is one of my favorite prospects to watch, and uh, he went over and played in, uh, I believe it was Slovenia, which is pretty cool. Uh, I guess the Dallas Stars, it just seemed like every time they picked, like their first pick maybe seemed a little of an oddball one. We did talk about that last night, Wyatt Johnson, but just kind of after that, they just continuously picked up guys that we expected to have been picked like 20 picks prior. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, with Wyatt Johnston, that was a player that, you know, scouts had told me he was, that was the sort of joke, like, you know, don't talk about him because we want him. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> you know, Dallas stepped up in the first round. So I'm, I'm sure they're very pleased about that. Uh, but you're right. Like, you know, Logan Stankoven, you know, this is a player that, you know, maybe in the first round conversation, but at least sort of in the top 40, they get him 47th. You know, Ayrton Martino uh, was a player that I know you and I both love. Uh, lots of speed and skill. Uh, played for the Omaha Lancers in the USHL this year. Uh, committed to Clarkson. He went 73rd. I think a lot of us thought he could have been kind of in the 50 range. Uh, Connor Roulette really fell. You know, uh, they got him 111th overall. And again, this is a player that was on Canada's World Under-18 team. Maybe he didn't have a lot of chance to, to strut his stuff on such a loaded squad, uh, but still quite a talent. Uh, Jack Barr, another favorite of mine, uh, headed to Harvard. Played Love that. Field, 138th overall. Uh, and then, you know, as you mentioned, Francesco Arcuri. Uh, this is a player that I, I thought we'd see, you know, in top 100, but mm -hmm. it's it's so interesting. Every year this happens in the draft where once you get past those sort of first two rounds, things just 
they go all over the place because teams have different boards and you'll see guys sort of precipitously drop. Doesn't mean they've done anything wrong. It just happens to be, you know, whose board uh, is kind of deeper than, you know, another team's and, and who prefers certain players. So uh, a lot of talent come to Dallas. Uh, I thought they did really well there. And uh, Justin Ertle, another player that, you know, I had as a sleeper in our draft preview issue, Dallas picked him up 79th overall. He's a Cornell commit. I, I will say this about those both those teams, Carolina and Dallas. It seems like it was like the internet was drafting those teams in terms of the ones like all well, the, 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 the online scouts that were kind of like, yeah, these guys are perfect, every single one of them. So that, that was kind of fun. Um, yeah. the, uh, the Washington Capitals as another team here uh, as one of the, the winners of this. And that one's good because they need a good draft knowing that a lot of this core uh, that they have right now is going to age out pretty soon. So they need to continue having these good drafts. Yeah, and you know, because the Capitals have been going for it for so long, you know, in the past few years, maybe five, six years, you know, we've seen some Washington draft classes that were only like four, five players deep. And obviously in a seventh round draft, that's not ideal, but they did win the Stanley Cup, so mission accomplished there. But you know, this season, um, still only had six picks, but I really liked particularly their early picks. You know, Vincent Iorio from the Brandon Wheat Kings. This is a player I think we just actually mentioned on a podcast mm-hmm. as a, a potential sleeper pick uh, because he, you know, he has a, a nice offensive de- dimension, but he is big. He can be nasty in front of his own, his own net. Uh, they got him in the second round. And then Brent Johnson, uh, a player with a lot of offensive potential. I was kind of joking to myself that eventually, you know, the Caps will need a new John Carlson. Maybe Brent Johnson is that player in sort of five, six years. Uh, he's headed to the University of North Dakota, which, as we all know, uh, just you know produces NHL talent like a factory. Uh, and even from there, you know, uh, a, a little bit later, Hacken Hanelt, uh, the German kid, uh, was just taken in the CHL import draft. Uh, you know, a, a lot of nice skill there, a lot of potential. It'd be fun to see what he can develop into. Spent a lot of time in Germany's top league, the DEL. Didn't have a lot of points, but playing against men at that age, pretty impressive given how many uh, solid imports the German league attracts these days. A couple of other shout-outs we want to give there. We're going to just focus on three winners and three losers. Uh, another one being the Detroit Red Wings. I think we, we talked a bit about them yesterday, and I thought that was uh, quite a solid group. And uh, I believe you actually tweeted about it. It was in the fifth round where they picked uh, Liam Dower-Nielsen and Oscar Plantowski, and that was a really good fifth round, basically, out of them. Um, big fan of Redmond Savage out there. Uh, Carter Mazur, I actually don't mind. We obviously they, we talked about yesterday with Sebastian Cosa and Simon Evanson. And then another team that we both kind of said was uh, Buffalo. And, and part of that is when you pick first overall, that makes it kind of easy, and they picked early kind of every round. But I'd say those two teams, they they probably are good ones to round out the top five. I would say so for sure. And Detroit, yeah, you're right. I mean, we've sort of loved uh... – you know, their drafts the past couple of years, but they've really got some nice value in all their picks. Um, you know, when you look at uh, Buffalo, I like Prokhor Poltapov and Alexander Kisikov sort of back-to-back uh, as second-rounders. Um, I, I, I thought, you know, when you marry those guys with Isaac Rosen and Owen Power in the first round, that's a lot of high-end talent all in one draft. And obviously Buffalo, you know, still rebuilding, still getting all those assets. That was something they needed. And as you mentioned, all those Detroit guys, 
uh, pretty fantastic. They also got Shai Buiam, uh, mm-hmm. who has a ton of potential coming to the USHL. Uh, you know, played for Sioux City, was with Shattuck St. Mary's before that, heading to the University of Denver, which is a great program. So, yeah, all in all, Buffalo and Detroit, really solid. All right, let's talk about the losers of the draft. And I think Ottawa Senators fans were getting tired of every pick. It's like, okay, that's a stretch. Okay, that's a stretch. That's just kind of what it felt like with Ottawa Senators the entire time. And in last year, obviously, they had a bunch of picks early in the draft, which really helped. But I feel like they didn't necessarily capitalize on those picks. And Talabouche, and you wrote an article about him, definitely felt like a stretch at number 10. And it just kind of from there and there and there, just not sure I'm really excited about that group that they drafted. Yeah, and, you know, when we talk about quote-unquote losers in the draft, uh, obviously this isn't, um, you know, coming down on the kids themselves. It's more for me, you know, Ottawa only had six picks overall. Um, You know, the Boucher one, uh, I I like it as a fit for the Senators because they have so much talent already. I think, you know, Ben Roger, uh, that's a player that, you know, he could turn out to be a bit of a home run. Uh, you know, they took him in the second round, but, you know, I, I get, I get where you're coming from, where, you know, if you look at sort of, you know, consensus boards and things like that, I think the senators took a lot of risk here and yeah, they could afford to do so because of that young base. But if you sort of take this, uh, draft class just on its own, it, it's a pretty risky one. Yeah, so it, they didn't necessarily need to have a good draft. Like kind of, how you mentioned, they had a good group already. They got a good young core. Uh, they drafted some, still some quality players last year. To me, it just didn't feel like they maximized every pick. But at the same time, like again, these they've they brought in a bunch of big guys. So that's interesting to see how that kind of works because they got all the skilled guys already kind of in the lineup. Now you bring in the bigger guys who can kind of fill up the other roles. It might work out. The Pittsburgh Penguins. They, we didn't hear much from them um, in this draft, and it feels like that's becoming a recurring theme with one of the weaker prospect crops that we see in the league. Yeah, and again, I mean, that's sort of the the problem for the Penguins is the the scouts don't get to make many picks this year, and they're you know they're on the board for five picks total, but three of them are in the seventh round. So I mean, you really got to hope that you hit a home run with one or two of those uh, when you're structuring a draft class like that. Tristan Bros was their first pick. Uh, he was a second rounder. Some really good scoring uh, potential from Bros, but he was divisive. I had some scouts that loved him, some that didn't have a lot of time for him. There was a lot of debate over whether he can drive play or not uh, and just how engaged he is shift to shift. So for some scouts, they were totally cool with him. Other ones weren't so sure. Isaac Beliveau was their second pick, a fifth rounder who I thought we'd see a little earlier um but you know I, I don't think he had the season that a lot of ex- scouts might have expected coming in because it was so good um you know the year prior in the queue so again you know for pittsburgh i think they really need to build that pipeline back up and they're just not giving themselves the chance to do so when you only pick five times and you only pick once in the top 100. all right and the toronto Maple Leafs only picked three times which again yeah 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 when you come to the draft, like kind of like I said, you need to have a few more picks than just that. But the Leafs, they actually did make their third pick, and it was a Slava Pesca or Pexa, sorry, uh, goalie out of Russia. And I actually remember trying to watch him play a game, and they didn't end up putting him in net. And it was back in April, I believe. I was disappointed, and it was like a seven to six game in the playoffs. <laughs> but it was like the, the, it hadn't been a really good playoffs run for him. It's like, oh come on, give him a chance in the MHL. It didn't really happen. So the Leafs. 
didn't really get a whole lot. No, only three selections overall. And again, you know, you can only do so much when you're not giving yourself the bullets. Uh, Matthew Nyes, I think that's an interesting choice for them. Uh, kind of goes against what we've seen from the Leafs in previous draft classes. Uh, you know, we've usually seen a lot of smaller, high skill guys. Uh, Matthew Nyes, he's a big kid, north-south, uh, actually gets in trouble when he tries to be too fancy. He's better as that sort of guy that's around the net that crashes in the corners. Um, totally snake bitten in the first half for Tri-City in the USHL, came alive in the second half, which was really nice to see. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's certainly some potential there. Um, Ty Voigt was their second pick, uh, a kid that, you know, obviously didn't have a real season because the OHL was canceled. He's a Sarnia Sting player. Um, definitely some potential there in terms of skill. But again, you're, you're, you're just hoping that his development went the way you would sort of anticipate in that sort of 17 year old season. Uh, because I mean, he, he lost a year of development and it's, it's tough. Um, so with the Leafs, again, you know, they're going for it now. They don't need a lot of help from their pipeline, but you know, you can't have too many of these drafts and they did have, I think 12 picks last season. So I can understand their, you know, I, I know GM Kyle Dubas wasn't too concerned about what they did, uh, this year, but I mean, if we're looking at this objectively, Toronto didn't do a lot of damage. Then another team that kind of disappointed me was Vancouver. And as much as I'm a Daniela Klimovich fan and I loved watching with the U18s, that guy is not exactly effective at anything but the power play, as we saw from watching video clips of him before the U18s and then at the U18s and at the World Championships. I don't love that pick at number 41. And then Koskinvo played well at the U18s, but I don't really think there's much there either. I think almost like the most exciting pick of the team that they made was actually their fifth pick of the draft, which was Connor Lockhart uh, in the sixth round right before we went live. But what were your thoughts on, on the Canucks? Yeah, I was I was okay with it. It didn't lock, it didn't knock my socks off. Um, Koskinvo, I, I liked him at the World Under-18s, but then he did get – you know, beat up a couple of times, uh, but with goalies, I mean, he's six foot four. Can't teach that. Um, you know, maybe he's the kind of goalie that you don't see for four or five years. Um, Lockhart, I did like that pick because, you know, he had a lot of scoring potential. And again, you know, no season because uh, he's with the Otters of the OHL. So you're, you're gambling uh, and you're hoping that he did a lot of great work uh, sort of off the ice this season and, and, you know, sort of kept his skills up the best he could. Uh, but yeah, not, not an overwhelming draft for Vancouver in my mind either. You talk about kind of small goalies um, and Alexi Kolosov, or you can talk about goalies in general, size and Alexi Kolosov was the only goalie that was under six foot two in this draft um, that has been selected at this point. He was a third round pick to Philadelphia. And I, I like him, you know, he's a Belarus goalie and he's a re-entry and we've talked about him before. I'm a fan of him. Uh, Benjamin Gujo always looked a little bigger than six two, but he only is six two. And uh, there were some, Pretty massive goalies in Talon Boyko at six foot eight, and Gage Alexander at six seven, and Chase Clark at six six. So some pretty big goalies. Uh, before we wrap up, we did have one question here I wanted to address wherever it went. Uh, thoughts on the Blackhawks and the Montreal Canadiens draft this year? Obviously, if you're looking at Montreal, this is one where it started off pretty rocky. But you and I kind of talked before this that at least the, the rest of the draft kind of was solid for the Canadians. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, Riley Kidney uh, had a fantastic playoffs 
uh, in the Quebec League with Acadie Bathurst. And, and that was a player that scouts had sort of tipped me off to earlier in the season, saying he could be kind of a good sleeper. Uh, they picked him up 63rd overall. Oliver Kapanen, you know, there's a player, a great two-way guy, you know, sort of defensive forward. Uh, they got Joshua Waugh late. Uh, and then Xavier Simono. the internet's going to be going nuts, I'm sure. because I was shocked. Up. I was shocked he got drafted. They love Xavier Simono. Um, I'm At this point, I'm shocked he's not 23 years old. I feel we've been talking about him for years. But, you know, there's a kid that has sort of bounced around a couple of rookie camps, uh, didn't get drafted, but now he's a Habs prospect. I'm sure he's very happy about that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Montreal had, like, a pretty decent draft, uh, somewhere in the middle uh, after you get past, you know, day one. Yeah, that, that part was obviously the one that kind of shocked everybody. They have four uh, QMJHL draft prospects, so keeping the guys from Quebec. Not a lot of big kids uh, in the last four picks alone, six foot, six foot, six foot, five, six. So not exactly a big group of players. Uh, and then, I guess, the Chicago Blackhawks. That's another interesting one because, uh, first off, it was a nice nice draft for brothers. I'm still waiting for uh, Kale McCarr's brother to get drafted by Colorado, but we saw um, Luke Hughes obviously going to the Devils. Now Colton Dock goes to the Blackhawks. Do you have any thoughts on uh, how their draft went? Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty decent. Um, you know, Colton Dock certainly has some potential. You know, you can't compare him to his brother Kirby Dock. It's a little unfair. Um Tage Harding's interesting. I watched him play with Fort McMurray this year. He's a huge kid, 6'6", 235. Um, I'm sure some scouts looked at him and said maybe he can be the next Colton Pareko. I'm not so sure about that yet. Um, I think there's obviously some coordination uh, and awareness issues that he has to work out. I'm sure part of that is because he is such a big kid. Uh, Ethan Del Mastro, I, I think that was – a pick where they got him sort of exactly where he belonged, just outside the top 100. Uh, brings a nice physical element to the blue line. Um, Victor Sternborg, I thought he was an interesting pick too, because I've heard very good things about him. Uh, sort of character kid, you know, type of guy that, you know, if he's playing internationally for Sweden, you, you might tab him as the captain. Um, you know, sort of a, a two-way guy, very responsible. So I, I thought it was decent. Uh, maybe not a lot of high-end. But some, some very serviceable players, and you talked about the Habs going small. The Hawks went huge. 6'2", 6'4", 6'6", 6'4". Sternborg's 5'10", but he's 202 pounds. And then Ilya Safonov, 6'4", 205. So Hawks went big. All right. And I just want to say uh, Carolina Hurricanes, right before the end of the sixth round, picked Nikita Kwop, which I love that as a pick. The goalie from Germany played at the U18s nice. with Germany. Uh his stats weren't any good. He's just a lot of fun to watch. He's an entertaining goalie. He always smiles. And that's exciting uh, there. Uh, again, hope everyone enjoyed the draft. And uh, we're going to still have a lot more coming up on the draft in the next couple of days. And we'll see you guys soon.